This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Lena. I'm Matt Henry. I'm Matt Miller. And I'm Mark. All right, so we're going to talk about yoga. And apparently they wake up the sleeping serpent at the bottom of their spine. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, tell yeah. us more about that. What do they do? Oh. I mean, they literally, they say that? Well, no, that that's... I've never heard that before. All of the moves well, are designed to uh, awaken the curled up serpent at the base of your spine. So you'll see that when you're stretching. Um, I learned something today. When, once he's awakened, then the third eye is enacted. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Great. I'm going to trash these notes and uh, Elaine is going to take this yeah. thing over. Yeah. Personal experience. Okay. So we're going to talk about yoga and the Christian, though. And it's because we had a listener who asked us to speak to the subject um, and his background on it. Uh, he gave it to me was that uh, he's an executive and his company wanted him to be part of this leadership training that is they conduct. And part of it was to get him to go to a yoga class and begin to participate. And the whole idea was to learn how to deal with stress, uh, gain a sense of peace of mind. Um, and he just refused. He's like, no, uh, I was proud of him. Uh, I'm a Christian. Um, I don't need that. I'm not doing that. And so I can't remember. They encouraged him to do something else, but some kind of st- Meditation or something, yeah. Probably. Maybe he should buy one of those cheap water fountains that you play have in your office. And, bonsai. Yeah, who thing. knows. So I had anyhow. a bonsai tree. I killed it. Oh. You did. That's right. You did. Wasn't that a wedding gift? No. That, what I, no, what I that got was here. a Steins buy. So, so and grow. Yeah, man. I'm gonna build a bonsai tree. I so liked it grow. for the two months I had it. I remember you had that. I thought that was so cool. Why yeah. didn't you like it more than that? I, you know, you gotta like tease the roots and do right. all these things, and I just. Got busy. See, that makes me happy because I was so impressed with you that you were going to do all of that because I knew that you don't yeah. just give fertilizer and water on occasion. No, they take a lot of care. I know. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. So. Anyhow. We're talking yoga. Have you put your pretend bonsai tree away <laughs> and get not. back to the show? Definitely right. not. Yep. All right. So, we're, so we did some research, uh, put together this, and we hope it'll be helpful. Um, if not, send us some questions that are connected that we could uh, maybe enlarge on if we need to. But we're going to start out with just some history um, on it. Yeah. And Yeah, so and don't email us on this history for those of you who know are experts. All right. This is basic history. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> you. That, that's actually a we, very good point. No, we didn't get it from Wikipedia. <laughs> but we're also not trying to be scholars here. We're going to yeah. give you a real Just basic understand stuff. the point, yeah. Um, so, first of all, the beginnings of, of it are a bit mis- mysterious just due to the fact that it is ancient and part of an oral tradition. And so, 
its early writings are mostly lost. Right. Uh, we just don't have them. Uh, we do know that it was developed a few thousand years ago in what is known as India today. Um, what we often think of as yoga was formalized around the ninth or second century. Um, it was originally developed to be used and taught by the Vedic priests. Yeah, we actually uh, looked, we looked up, up that word. Yeah, on how to say that the right way. Vedic priest Creepy stuff. Um, so its its purpose though was and actually continues to be a means of of bringing the body under control, uh, but until it's able to reach enlightenment, which is that whole enlightenment is is a big thing though. Um, when I was teaching on Hinduism, that's where I finally figure out what the heck it meant. Mm-hmm. I always thought the enlightenment meant like you, the light bulb comes on yeah. and, and somehow you understand the world better. Yeah. But enlightenment <laughs> literally means that you're annihilated. <laughs> it yeah. means that you're lost. You, you, you are absorbed back into that power of the universe right, that right. is God. So, so this yeah. is not the age of enlightenment like no. uh, Thomas Paine. No. Uh, no. And I'm like, like modernity. Yeah, I, I, and I thought so. These guys think they're going through all these multiple stages of reincarnation. Also, they can become nothing. And the guy who was a Hindu a guy, he's like, "Yes." I'm like, "Okay, okay." So, anyhow, that's what you're trying to do. Is you're trying to reach enlightenment, at least formally, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's this higher, uh, it, this new higher level reality where you, as a person, literally cease. To exist, so it's not actually contrary to what a lot of people think. It's got nothing to do with making you happy, or more at peace with yourself or your surroundings. That's actually just a Western corruption, yeah. um, like Humanism. everything else. Yeah, we just twist it all up. Um, it's firmly established in Hinduism and its beliefs. It's kind of like the reincarnation. Um, you ever ha- think about reincarnation at any point where you thought that would be cool? No. Yeah, me neither. But. I've had friends who's like, man, I, I, I wish I was an eagle. I want to be a bug. <laughs> I'd like to be a virus. A really <laughs> nasty. <laughs> you know, like I'm going flesh. back as Ebola. <laughs> yeah. I'm flesh eating. Uh, but yeah, but that's the idea is that, oh, wouldn't that be cool? And it's like no. No, <laughs> no, horrible. no not at all. Uh, but the Western world takes this idea of the reincarnation, and they don't understand that actually reincarnation is a horrible thing. You're trying to escape it, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're stuck. And so when you look at the poor kid born to a prostitute on the streets of Calcutta, already born with AIDS, mm-hmm. horribly poor, and nobody helps them, it's because karma. And right, right. this something in their past life put them in this situation. The last thing you want to do is help them because you're actually hindering their road toward that enlightenment. Yeah, so yeah. it's 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 a broken, twisted, evil thing that in the West we dress up with candy. Um, but that that's its history, right? Yeah. So what we want to do is we're going to give a basic assessment of it, and we're going to deal with it two-pronged. Um, the first is going to be the more, most important, and that's the spiritual aspect. And then what we know people will want to uh, talk about is the spiritual, I mean, the physical. So um, the first is spiritual. We're going to ask Lena to read a fairly large passage, but it's uh, out of Second uh, Corinthians 6. Do not be bound together with unbelievers, For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? 
What harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? We are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Yeah, so that... um... This is just one of the passages, several could be referenced. Um, Paul here is rebuking the Corinthians for involving themselves in ministry work with unbelievers. Having just come off our whole series on tongues, is there ever a time he's not rebuking the Corinthians? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, rarely. Like, oh, great, I got another email from the church in Corinth. Great. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, So, so there's, you know, there's no place for gospel belief and work in and among those who are not truly Christians, um, you know, there's no agreement, there's no common ground in reality. Um, and that's what Paul, I mean, it's a point. Right. Um, and, but the Christians try to, to do that, and yoga is an example of that. And that's, that's a key point. Yoga is just an example. You can come up with a host of other issues mm-hmm. uh, where you, you join arms with unbelievers and... You, you, you can't it they don't belong together yeah um so what when you we'll just say you know when you choose to join a yoga class where you're encouraged to meditate and you know find an inner peace uh you're using a technique actually that the bible or paul here would call fleshly um it, it's it's something that belongs to this age and it's ultimately of no value in dealing with your sin and and your struggles and the life that you live. Um, in fact, the term fleshly is used of the, the Corinthians in both letters to them, um, and for good reason. There are people who are around a massive number of religions and practices, mm-hmm. um, and each of those religions have ideas and practices that, that might have some kind of initial or surface appearance of neutrality, but in reality, they're not. Um, and so to share in them in you know your effort to grow in Christ is a work that would ultimately destined to fail. Right. And so that that's the idea in Corinth uh, multiple religions, multiple belief systems going on there and ecumen ecumenism is I'm not saying that right. Ecumenism. No. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's ecumenical but then when you ecumenism, ecumenism I have never heard a, it that way. Yeah. Actually, I learned that from Al Mohler. Well, I'm not going to debate it if it came from Alan Moeller. I mean, you've already lost the... F- I mean, that's just like... That's not even fair. Yeah. Well, I was, on, I was on campus for something, and he did a Q&A, and someone stood up and wanted to ask a question about um, ecumenism. And he was, ecumenism. Stu- he was struggling, stumbling over, as we all would, because that's just a ridiculous word. But then Al Moeller corrects him. And I never forgot that you pronounced that's ecumenism. A, that's a cool story. That's a lot better than yoga. January 5, 2020. <laughs> you learned a new word. Wow. Anyhow, um, so ecumenism, um, and you know, we just want to get along. Uh, hey, let's have this gospel conversation, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is that um, Paul is saying, no, this kind of thing will never fit uh, in, in the life of a Christian. And these types of things in, in America 
we we practice them all the time and we think, well, these are really going to be good for us, but they're not really going to tra- uh, deal with the core issue. Yeah. Uh, and and that's why he calls it fleshly. So uh, Paul brings it up again in Colossians, and I want everyone to re- uh, listen to this. This is Colossians three eighteen to 23. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of the angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grows with a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not touch, do not taste, oops, which all <laughs> refer to things destined to perish without with the using, in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men? These are matters which have, to be sure, the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. All right, so we have that term again, that fleshly indulgence, and and he's describing here exactly what you see, especially in in America now. Um, all kinds of things that have the appearance of religion, but they really can't fit fix anything in any lasting manner. And so when you're talking about yoga, you'll often hear people being told to empty their minds and to focus and to meditate and things such as that. Um, In one way or another, what they're wanting to find or hear is the supposed voice of God or uh, in a more vague sense, hear the voice of the divine. Divine, By the way, just as a by the way, that's exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about the contemplative Yes, movement. Yeah. It's it's you're trying to quiet and empty your mind right. so you can hear the voice of God or the divine. It's Eastern practice. Yeah, Eastern mysticism. Yeah, it, it's it, and we're going to argue it's deadly. Um, and it, this this whole thing gets into even many of the aspects of the more extreme forms of the charismatic movement. Again, people are just be still. We just want to hear the still small voice of God. Blah 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 blah. And they're like my goodness, it sounds good maybe. It sounds really religious, but it's all really born out of uh, the same root. Mm-hmm. So they, they're trying to hear the voice of God. They're looking for peace. Um, maybe they just want relief from stress and anxiety. Yeah. And they're being told, you know what? I'm under a lot of stress. What you ought to do is take yoga. Yeah. It can really help calm you down. And that seems so neutral. So yeah, what's wrong with calming down? But the Christian, unfortunately, is not called to that uh, type of activity. Uh, instead, there to be people who are dwelling on truth, and that truth is always defined as the Bible. And we have beaten that to death on our podcast, so hopefully we don't need to explain that. Um, but the Word of God is said to be uh, to dwell richly within them. Um, they're to let their minds fix itself upon the word. They're to be ever drinking the pure milk of the word so that they might grow and respect their salvation. Peter says that. So it's very interesting that when in many yoga classes, we'll use the term namaste um, as a greeting. And, you know, in America, we're like, oh, this is so cool. And, and we, it's a way of saying greeting or some kind of a blessing given to one another. But what a lot of people don't understand is it's an actual Sanskrit term. And I didn't know this, but Sanskrit, did you know that? Yeah. 
Again, I, Sanskrit is a liturgical language, uh, mm-hmm. meaning like a religious, Latin. yeah, mm-hmm. um, for the Hinduism, and it's infused with religious meaning. So it's not just words; it's right. it's very religious. Um, and in this instance, Namaste means that you bow to the other, mm-hmm. um, and what it's referencing is the fact that you're acknowledging the, the divine in the person. So it's meant that the person sees the divine that is you, and is and it is also in them, and that's all premised on that pantheism of uh, Hinduism. Um, that's just evil. Yeah, but it's it, it. We we just oh no, we're just saying hi. And it's like you may think you're saying hi, but that's not what you're saying. Yeah. And remember, we're talking here about the spiritual side. Yes, not, yeah. we're not at the physical side yet. So yeah, but we're trying to emphasize there is a spiritual side yes. and you can't pretend there isn't. Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, yoga itself um, means to yoke yourself to the gods. Um, and, you know, they'll say by doing, you know, the exercises along with the meditation, you're, you're actually yoking yourself in servitude to the gods uh, and primarily to Shiva. Shiva. Who is the god of yoga or one of the Hindu Trinity well, deities. It's it's a major deity in Hinduism, yeah. uh, the god, the destroyer god, but it is the god for yoga. Yeah. So, yeah. simple answer to the spiritual aspect and goals of yoga for the Christian is what? Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, you just have no. There's nothing that you're going to get out of it that is a benefit. It, of, of lasting spiritual benefit, and you're in, and you're you're simply ignoring Paul's command: do not participate um, with evil, and and you can't connect that which belongs to God with that which does not belong to God. In in uh, or the Colossians passage, it will never really fix the core issue of your stress or the core issue of your anxiety or anything else. Those things are spiritual issues. Right, right. And, and until you begin to wrestle with it at that a biblical level, um, you may feel better at the end of a workout um, and your contemplations of the divine and blah, 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 but, but you've never really resolved it. The root. Right, the root. and so there's never any lasting change anyhow. Right. So what about the physical? Yeah, so now not the physical part. Um, you know, there there are exercises in yoga that many do for physical fitness and well-being. Um, they find that you know the stretching or the poses are good for maintaining and retrieving some level of fitness that is good, and we would say is even wise. Um, and but the, the the getting fit is good and wise, right? Taking care of everybody. Yes. Not not. Yeah. Yeah. Not, okay. Yeah. Um, what did I Sorry. say? No, I n- nothing. I'm, oh. I'm like some people are saying. So we should take yoga. You just said don't, and and then oh. and I thought yeah, yeah. The, the getting fit fit part. Yes. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Paul says there's value to way to completely fitness. take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so I mean, you know, and so what that really is is it's just it's simply stretching. There's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. Um, it, you know, someone shows you a pose that's coming from yoga, um, you know, to help you stretch your back out, then we wouldn't give it a second thought. Um, and in fact, I've counseled people to that. It's just stretching. I mean, it, it, to me, it's no deal at all. Um, you know, th- this is no different than 
lighting some incense in your home, for example, because you find the aroma pleasant. You're not offering fragrance to gods when right. you do that. <laughs> so, um, but for the Christian, you you have to make sure that that's all you're doing, um, that it's just purely a physical stretch. Right, and that's where the rub is. Yeah, but often it's not. Um, it, you know, it's sold to you as a way to find peace and some sort of release. Um, as you were mentioning, often it's coupled with meditation, uh, and it's sold as a way to bring your body and your spirit into one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at this point, it crosses over from just simply a physical exercise, and now it's into a religious practice because you're bringing your soul right. into union with yeah. your so if body. You go down to the Y or whatever, and you join the yoga class, and the opening thing is let's just kind of quiet our spirits or center ourselves. You know that you're not center, in a stretching yeah. class. You're you're now in a religious class um, that's involving yeah. a physical exercise. Um, and Yeah, and don't underestimate the shaping forces of those kinds of things. No. Or yes. Oh. <laughs> Whatever the right answer is, I don't know what the right <laughs> way to respond to that. Yeah. Don't underestimate it. He is correct. A lot of it is clouded by the Western thought, though, like you were just saying. So there's a lot of um, the self-care involved with it. So a lot of the terms are clouded now where they'll be like, yep, it's, it's centered around your heart maybe or around your thought life right well, now. Well, I, I, I just on a whim, I typed in yoga and the Christian and I mean, there are sites devoted to Christian yoga. And I'm yeah. like, see, that's exactly what Paul was talking about <laughs> of light and dark has nothing to, de- sure. to yeah. do with each other. You can't, you <laughs> can't say title. that. That's like the Christian, Christian fornication. You, you know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. <laughs> what has Athens to do with Jerusalem? <laughs> oh, my, yeah. yeah. Oh. So anyhow, let, we'll, we'll, let's bring it kind of to a close here. You know, over the centuries, I think one of the big issues, um, as I've been reading through this church uh, history book. Um, you still reading that thing? Uh, I, it gets so, I'm in the Pope's. How, what, the history, what, oh, how, no. what page are you on? I'm on? Well, it's eight volumes and I'm 58% way through. So I'm on like oh, page 4,000 something. <laughs> oh. Why would you? Okay, doesn't matter. Because just, <laughs> I am who I am. Leave me alone. Um, anyhow. Oh, God, goodness, I am just reading about the, I'm in the Crusades now, and oh, no. the Popes, and it's just like, shoot me now, but I'm going to finish this sucker yeah. somehow. Anyhow, but the one thing I've learned in that <laughs> is that it has failed to maintain purity. Um, the church just keeps losing its way uh, in both form and practice. And so you see this constant struggle with syncretism, um, unless Al Mohler wants to tell me how to say that better. Do you have any? Syncretism. I was going to no, say. No, no, <laughs> no it's not. Uh, syncretism. It's, it's a great evil uh, that still lurks in many hallways. Uh, you don't just Christianize something by adding Jesus, though American churches yeah. try all the time. Or, or if you recite... Uh, Bible verses. Um, in fact, I would say if you want to do an interesting study, read several solid books on church history and just get to the part where it talks about the rise of the uh, monasticism. Right, right. And you're going to find it's all built off yeah. of other religions or and philosophies. Right. Um, it's it's crazy. Um, it's all built around this dualism and the whole Eastern uh, thought 
comes out of this stuff too. Uh, so today it's very popular to practice forms of meditation, which is what you were bringing up earlier. They're simply built off of a false understanding of spirituality and meditations. It's bad, guys. If you're in some prayer maze and you think that you're getting closer to God, no, you're not. You're not at all. Um, just get out of that whole con. How do you say it? I say contemplative, and you say contemplative? Contemplative. Yeah, I say contemplative. Let's ask Al again. <laughs> okay, he'll come up with to. some third. Yeah. Third. He'll, he'll. Actually, it's <laughs> based on the second century. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it will be a fascinating st- uh, <laughs> yeah. lecture that he gives, too. But anyhow, that whole con- contemplative or contemplative movement in the church is an evil movement. It, for whatever good you think you're going to get, you're not going to get uh, in the long run, because it's it does not deal with the f- issues of the flesh. Um, yeah. Only the Word of God and the Spirit of God working through His Word is what's going to do with that. So uh, you mean the issues of the spirit? No, the issues of the fleshly. Oh, I see. Okay, you see, flesh and spirit. Yeah. You understand the point now? All right, you tracking? Yeah, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, in in conclusion, we would not we we would not recommend yoga as a practice. Um, frankly, we don't see any real value in in even the exercises themselves. Um, to, you know, to, uh, because they're so close to the connection of the beliefs of yoga. Yeah. Um, you know, so we wouldn't rebuke somebody who stretches using the the physical techniques. Of, yeah, of yoga, and again, I've I mean, I've had people ask me about that, and I said, no, they're they're just stretches, and that's no issue. Um, but we, I, I guess, we would inquire as to the the goal and the purpose of that. Right? Why those? Um, also, we would listen carefully for false ideas that might begin to show up in their vocabulary. Yeah. So they start out with, no, no, it's just the exercise. We just, I just do it to really get better flexibility. Oh, that's great. And you know, I'm just finding a lot more inner peace. Okay. (laughs) Then it's not just stretches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I guess we would, as an alternative, we would encourage people to exercise um, knowing that there is value in it. Um, we <laughs> <laughs> That's a really deep point that we made there. Why don't you just stop arguing about it and go find a different form of exercise? Yeah. yeah. Join um, the Y. Sure. But not the yoga class at the Y. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, never never to see it as as a pathway that is exercise to, to know God or to grow in Christ or godliness. Uh, frankly, it's just one more thing you could add to your life that is at best limited but at worst would lead you astray. Um, and again, that's the idea of those sh- shaping influences and forces right. that you don't feel or aware of, but you slowly begin yeah. to just slip into these things without you knowing it. Um, so as you said, uh, instead, go for, go for a jog, join the Y, uh, learn to be diligent in taking in and both learning and doing the Word of God. Uh, yeah, Paul says, look, uh, exercise has some bodily exercise has some value. I mean, he's not debating that, but it it's your spiritual godliness that that you're that has the lasting point and as the older man in this du- uh, duel whether we we're not uh, duo Duet. duo um I mean, I'm the older guy. My body just gets broken down quicker and you know, so it's one thing when you're 
30 and you're like, yeah, I just need to get back in shape. That's because you can get back in shape. But when you're 60, you say, I got to get back in shape. Whatever that shape is, it will never be what you were when you were 30. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're now permanently doing the three-inch drop. Yeah, when you're uh, sitting in a chair. Yeah, there, there comes a point where you just you're you're going <laughs> to sit in the chair. Inches, you just whatever. Yeah, it's just a free fall. You know, oh I actually gosh. make noises getting out of sometimes certain chairs. I'll do that old guy groan. Um, yeah. So it is what it is. So, but but you know what's going to be forever is is growing with yeah with Christ. Um, so that's our thoughts. I hope that was helpful to people, um, and we want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so make sure to tune in, join the conversation, let us know what you think, and don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review, and tell all your friends. Mm-hmm.